G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Most of us are immersed in the cultures in which we live, and that's as it should be. But there's a risk for the person who believes in Jesus in getting to thinking that they're a local, a citizen of this earth. They're not. They're a citizen of heaven, and what's more, an ambassador of Christ. I'm Bernie Diamond, and thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're kicking off a new series of messages called Living Life as an Ambassador of Christ. Because for anyone who believes in Jesus, well, we're called to make an impact in this world, an impact for good, an impact for Christ. So let's head into God's Word, and please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about a free booklet called You Can Make a Powerful Difference that I'd love to send you to help you make that impact for Christ. Right about now, and depending on how you count some of the smaller ones, there are over 200 countries in this world. One source I read lists 223, another 192. Let's say there are around 200. Some of them are huge and powerful, right down to the smallest country in the world. What a huge variation. China, population, 1.34 billion at one end of the scale, right down to the Pitcairn Islands, official population 50 at the other end, and everything in between. Now, anyone who's had brothers and sisters knows that siblings don't always get on. And the history of humanity is a history of wars, invasions, conquests, dominance, exploitation... In fact, right now, there are around 30 recognised wars going on around the world, not to mention the other, quote, lower-level conflicts. So, how do all of these countries get on? Well, hopefully these days, most of the time, when there's a disagreement on an issue, instead of fighting wars as the first step in the process, countries use a thing called diplomacy. They have diplomats, and so they use diplomatic channels to discuss and resolve most of the issues between them. The head of a diplomatic mission is usually called the ambassador. So, in my country, we have an American ambassador, we have a Chinese ambassador, we have an Indian ambassador, and so on. And here's the thing, none of those people are Australians. The American ambassador is, well, he's American. The Chinese ambassador is Chinese. The Indian ambassador is, well, as you'd expect, Indian. So not only is the ambassador a citizen of the country which he or she represents... They also look like they come from that country and they speak like they come from that country because they do come from that country. Now, all of that is, I would hope, pretty much blindingly, glimpsingly obvious to all of us. And the job of the ambassador of each country is to be his or her country's representative with the foreign government, the channel through which their country raises issues with the other government and vice versa. Sometimes, many times, those are difficult issues. You can imagine, for instance, the exchanges that occur between India and Pakistani diplomats, or at times between China and America on trade issues, or between the various European countries within their union. Ambassadors are there to represent their country, the country of their citizenship, in a foreign land. 
The Apostle Paul had this to say on the issue. Have a listen. Comes, if you have a Bible, open it up. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though once we knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old's passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling this world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ Be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, it almost sounds as if Paul is saying he's not so much a Roman citizen, which he was, but he's a citizen of God's kingdom sent as an ambassador to explain and to share God's message of reconciliation and forgiveness into a foreign world. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. And in fact, elsewhere, Paul writes exactly that. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. So there it is. Paul sees his role as being an ambassador of Christ, declaring the forgiveness that God has for each and every person on this planet, if only they'll put their faith in his Son, and the eternal and glorious reconciliation that we can have with him when we take that step. And that, that is simply carrying on what Jesus came to do. Mark chapter 1, verse 38, Jesus answered, Let us go on to the neighbouring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. John chapter 18, verse 37, Pontius Pilate asked him, So are you a king? And Jesus answered, You say that I'm a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Jesus came in order to tell us the good news, and in fact, to be the good news. The Apostle Paul saw himself as an ambassador of that good news, even to the point of being an ambassador in chains on death row. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19, Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am, writes Paul, an ambassador in chains. My friend, What did you come to do? Where is your citizenship? Are you a citizen of this world or are you an ambassador in a foreign land bringing the good news of the gospel of reconciliation with God through Jesus Christ into a lost and hurting world? My hunch is that anyone who calls themselves a Christian, anyone who takes on themselves the name of Christ, is called not to a life of comfort so much as a life of following hard after Jesus. Luke chapter 14, verse 27. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Over these coming weeks on the program, we're going to be talking about living our lives as ambassadors. Ambassadors of Christ. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, we'll be looking at that. Today, the point I think we're meant to get out of our time together, you and I, is that firstly, a disciple is a citizen of the country that he or she represents. And if we are to be ambassadors of Christ, as Paul wrote, as much as we're immersed in our culture, as important as that is in reaching out to those around us with the good news of Jesus, 
We are not, my friend, citizens of this world, but we are citizens of heaven sent as ambassadors into a foreign land. And as ambassadors often find, the foreign places into which they're sent, they don't always want to hear what they have to say. It's, it's not always easy being an ambassador. In fact, the reason that countries need ambassadors is to deal with difficult issues, the tensions that could escalate into conflicts. Ambassadors, yes, have to be diplomatic, but they also have to tackle the difficult issues. And if Jesus came as an ambassador of heaven to proclaim the truth and was ultimately crucified for it, and if Paul followed in his footsteps as an ambassador of Christ and was ultimately executed for it, if you and I are going to live out our lives in the small corner where God's put us as citizens of heaven, we are to be ambassadors of Christ. That's not always going to be easy. The world won't always want to hear. It could cost us everything. But I'm afraid it comes with a territory. The territory of being an ambassador of Christ. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. God has an amazing plan for your life once you accept Jesus into your heart. He wants to fill you to overflowing with his blessing and then, then he wants that blessing to pour out through you into the parched, dry lives of the people around you. It's a stunning plan. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called You Can Make a Powerful Difference. It's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you impact this world for Christ. And at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you kind of think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your free copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free at 1-300-722-415. Now, many a Christ follower has this feeling that something is missing. Uh, They may well be warming a pew on Sundays, but is their life really making an eternal difference here on this earth? Jesus says something outrageous. He said that we would end up doing things even greater than the things that he did while he was on the earth. Question is, did he mean that about thee and me? I know of people who believe in Jesus who go to church Sunday after Sunday. They sit there in the pews, sing the songs, listen to the preacher, but they're not flashy. They're not upfront performers or musicians or speakers or leaders. Every now and then, perhaps they make morning tea or contribute somehow to the life of the church. But because they're not high-profile, upfront people, because they're more people who, who blend into the background, they've decided in their heart of hearts that they have nothing to contribute. The world's been telling them, and subtly the church has been telling them too, you have nothing to contribute. So, lots and lots of people have come to the conclusion that they have nothing to contribute. Lots and lots of people have stopped trying to live out their faith in Jesus, a faith that used to burn so brightly, and gradually, little by little, the flame within has grown dim. It's almost gone out. But for some reason... Some reason they can't quite put their finger on. They toddle along every Sunday, hoping 
No, surely there's no more hope. Secretly hoping, perhaps, hoping in a way that they would never admit to themselves, let alone anyone else, that God is going to come along and do something powerful in their lives and through their lives. I wonder if you know anyone like that. Well, if you do, if perhaps there's just a little or even a lot of that going on in you, if perhaps you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for God to do something powerful in you and through you, to give you some part to play in his plan that's custom-made, handmade for who he made you to be, then I believe with all my heart that today that wait comes to an end. Today, that is over because he has a word for you today, his word, not mine, that will set you free to be what he always planned for you to be, an ambassador of Christ. Not in the same way as anyone else you know, because you're not the same as anyone else you know, but in a unique way that fits with who you are. Now, I know beyond any shadow of any doubt that there are countless people listening to this message today who simply cannot believe that this could possibly be true. The flame's almost gone out. That's why I'm going to share with you a powerful, powerful word from God, from Jesus' own lips, in fact. Anyone who's spent just five minutes reading one of the gospel accounts of his life in the first century, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, will be able to recount a string of powerful miracles that Jesus performed. He, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he made water out of wine, he fed thousands with almost nothing. He, he did so many amazing, powerful miracles. Miracles that were witnessed by many people. I mean, there's no doubt that he actually performed those miracles. It was this power that in the end got him crucified. Not only did he preach with power, he acted in power and the people flocked to him. It was because of the preaching and the deeds of power, the miracles, that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day, became so threatened by Jesus that they had him crucified. And ultimately, just in case anyone was in any doubt, he himself was raised from the dead. Now, you and I, we we look at Jesus. He is, after all, the Son of God. He is someone that you or I can never, ever, ever be. We look at him and we think to ourselves, wow. No one could ever minister that powerfully again here on earth. Have a listen to what Jesus said to his disciples just before he was crucified. John chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. Jesus didn't say that we'd just be able to do the things that he did. No, no. He said that anyone who believes in him will not only do the things that he was able to do, but in fact will do greater works than these, even greater. Now, it seems to me we have a choice here. We can sit quietly in church, third pew from the back on the left-hand side, you know, where we've sat every week for what seems like an eternity. We, We can just sit there and believe the world and the devil's deception that we have nothing to contribute, no role to play in God's great plan of redeeming and saving and reconciling this world to himself. We can believe that rubbish. But if we do that, if we continue doing that, The flame in our hearts for Jesus, the one that's growing dimmer and dimmer these years, that flame will eventually go out. Or we can believe God 
and what he has to say. We can believe Jesus and what he has to say. We can believe God's word. See, so often, faith is believing God's apparently outrageous claims and promises, square in the face of the mundaneness of life, a world that squeezes us into its mould. Mundaneness versus majesty. Power of the Spirit versus the power of this world. Let me tell you something. I have made my choice. I was a man whose life was broken, a terrible mess, when I accept Jesus with simple faith of a child, just on face value. And still today, I'm accepting what he has to say really simply, not in any complicated theological sense, just on face value. And Jesus said, John chapter 14, verse 12, he said, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. I'm taking that. How about you? You see, I think he really meant it. I think he really means it right now. Just as Jesus came as God in the flesh to bring the kingdom of God near to us, I believe he's calling you, he's calling me, to take up our cross and to follow him and to be his ambassadors and to do just the things he always planned for us to do, not in our power, but in the power of his spirit works greater than his because he has gone to the Father and his plan is to involve you and me in bringing his love, the love of Jesus Christ, the love that saw Jesus crucified on that cross, that love to those who need it. That's what I think. But in a sense, it doesn't matter what I think. The question is, what do you think? I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you. It's called Fresh, a scripture verse with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1300 722 415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now, most of the people who believe in Jesus have a sense that part of that involves sharing their faith, sharing their Jesus with other people, that somehow we're meant to be ambassadors of Christ. But you look around at the culture in which we live and you have to ask yourself, does anyone really want to know? How do I share the good news of Jesus in a world like this? So, God's plan is that we should be his ambassadors. It's a great plan. This plan that God has to take every man, every woman, every child who believes in Jesus, his son, and who therefore is a citizen of heaven, and appoint them as ambassadors of heaven, ambassadors of Christ, to their little part of the globe, so that through them, God can make his appeal, an appeal of grace and love, to people so that they will be reconciled to him. question is, 
Does anyone want to hear what we have to say? See, so many people shy away from being an ambassador of Christ because they somehow imagine that it's the guy with the smooth voice on the radio. It must be his job to be an ambassador of Christ. Or the one they see on TV. Or maybe it's the youth pastor down at church. It must be his job to be an ambassador of Christ. We imagine somehow that being an ambassador in this great upfront role, someone with great public speaking style, someone with a presence, oh, you know, that's, that's not me. I, I can't possibly do that. that. That can't be my job. Whatever country you may live in, you have diplomats from foreign countries living in your country performing their roles as ambassadors. So let me ask you, how often do you see those guys on TV or hear them on the radio or read about them in the newspapers? How often? The answer is... Almost never. Yeah, maybe every now and then an ambassador might get quoted. But I know if I tripped over the ambassador of China or the ambassador of the USA in the street, I wouldn't know them from a bar of soap. Why? Because most of the time, being an ambassador isn't about being upfront in the public eye. Most of it is about quietly building influence one-on-one or with small groups so that when there's a difficult issue to be dealt with between the two governments... There's a bridge already in place over which the parties can travel and talk. When there's a sensitive trade issue or a border dispute or a difficulty with a foreign national in a country, the diplomats talk quietly, mostly in measured tones, mostly unseen and unheard by the rest of us, to resolve the issue. Diplomacy is much more about individual relationships and trust than it is about overt brinkmanship. I wonder if we apply that model of diplomacy to our roles as ambassadors of Christ, whether that doesn't cast a whole new light on the job description. We all have friends and family and and work colleagues, people with whom we already have relationships of trust. And I wonder whether being an ambassador of Christ isn't a whole lot more about letting our goodness shine into their lives than it is about standing up on a soapbox on the street corner or in the mall or down at the weekend in a crowded market, as I saw recently, screaming out words supposedly from God to a whole bunch of people with whom we don't have a relationship and who don't want to listen anyway. I wonder whether it isn't a whole bunch more about quiet diplomacy than beating someone over the head with a Bible. The people whom I allow to influence me, got to tell you, are the ones that I trust. And the ones that I trust are the ones I've known for quite a while. I've watched them, I've observed them, they're good people, honest, decent, have their lives together. You know what? They're the ones to whom my heart is open. Why would we expect that it's any different in being an ambassador for Christ? Jesus put it this way. He said, you can read this, Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. He said, rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and trampled under the foot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. In other words, anyone who steps out into the world, who loves God, believes in his son... Anyone who is prepared to share that love and that faith with other people as an ambassador of Christ, you're going to be persecuted. Look back through history and that's what you'll find. Now, where I live, persecution simply means people might reject you or they might make fun of you, they might keep their distance. Most people I know know who I am and what I do and what I believe. And even in that role, I don't get much of that sort of stuff. And even if I did, it's not much of a price to pay. Of course, in other parts of the world, persecution is very real. Prison, torture, even death. Very real. Look at Jesus, nailed to a cross. 
But what he's saying here is to be the salt of the earth anyway. Add flavour. Be my light anyway, Jesus is saying. Shine light into dark places. Do those things. Be those things. Shine my love into the hearts of the people around you. And if you're some upfront preacher, okay, sure, do that. And if you're a quiet, unassuming, relationships-oriented kind of person, my oh my, what a great ambassador you're going to make. Go and build bridges and and build relationships and build trust and, and let people see the goodness that's in your heart and in what you do. Shine light. Add flavor. People like some light. People like flavor. Go and do that. Sometimes we're so worried about whether other people want to hear about Jesus or not. Sometimes we're so concerned with, with how they'll react. I imagine that being an ambassador involves a lot of subtlety. I imagine the role is all about timing, knowing when to quietly build relationships, knowing when to speak about hard things. The Bible talks about speaking the truth in love. That's what diplomacy is. I read an interesting proverb this morning in my own personal time with God. Have a listen. Well meant are the wounds of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Sometimes that's a friend's job, to speak the truth in love, and sometimes it's hard and sometimes it hurts, but the thing I know is this. Being an ambassador of Christ is the job of every disciple of Jesus. Sometimes that involves just living a good life and shining a light. Sometimes it involves dealing with difficult issues and doing it in love. Sometimes it involves embracing your enemies. It involves all sorts of different things at different times. But each one of us who believes in Jesus is called to be an ambassador of Christ in our own way, in our own neck of the woods. That's pretty much all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to live out a rich and vibrant faith in Jesus Christ. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give towards the ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Hey, that's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now securely online at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling toll-free on 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called You Can Make a Powerful Difference. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.